0: This is the Big Church Podcast. I'm going to talk to you about the children of Israel. And for over 400 years, they were in captivity in Egypt. And the whole story is kind of going to revolve around how their journey was from, uh, from captivity to the promised land. But they came out of this after 400 years of bondage. And, and many of them died out in the wilderness because of unbelief and because they turned away. They went to idols. And, and so many of there were millions and millions of bones out there in the wilderness. But they possessed the promised land. They went across the Red Sea and they possessed the promised land. But what they did in the meantime, they prospered. They had a good king about David. We talked about him. But they forgot and they turned from the blesser to the blessing. They turned away from the one who was giving the blessing and prospering them through the possessions and the things around them. They got turned over to idols. They got turned over to doing a lot of things they shouldn't have been doing. But the prophet Ezekiel was sent to them. I'm trying to just lay the groundwork a little bit before my message today. They sent the prophet Ezekiel them to warn Israel to say, hey, listen, you need to turn away from your wicked ways. You need to turn away from the idols and the direction that you're going in, and you need to go in this direction. So... Nebuchadnezzar in the Babylonian Empire came in and took them hostage and took them slaves actually for seventy years because only simply because they were they did they were disobedient they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, so seventy years is where we start here. So Ezekiel has this vision, and in verse 30, in Ezekiel thirty-seven one it says this: It says, "The hand of the Lord came upon me and it brought me out into by the, in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst." of a valley of dry bones, and it was full of bones. It's a kind of a picture of us in the church right now. uh, When you look at that, what do we have in common with this? What do we have in common with bones and skulls and everything? Well, their hope for 70 years was all dried up. They didn't have anything to hope in because they thought, we'll never get back to the place where we need to be. They found themselves in a valley of fear. They found themselves in a valley of depression and hopelessness. And let me just tell you, no matter who you are and what you do in your life, valleys are going to come. No matter matter who you are, what walk of life you're in, you're going to go through a valley. You're going to go through sometimes. But listen, the enemy wants to keep you on his level. He wants to keep you in that place where your thoughts are negative and your actions and you're doing the wrong things and and your words and you're speaking negativity and you're no hope and all your potential is gone. He wants to keep you in that place all of the time. What do you do when you're in a valley? Number one, don't listen to the valley. Don't listen to the valley because the valley is going to do this. It's going to lie to you and it's going to tell you that you're all alone in this thing. Fear and depression and and, and anxiety comes into you and it tells you nobody else cares and nobody else is there for you and you're the only one going through this, right? Well, that's a lie. So don't listen to the valley. What it does is the enemy tries to isolate you. What bugs me the worst is people uh, come to church for a while, and, and, and then they, you know, they're having experiences and encounters with God, and then you don't see them for a little while. You know, what he tries to do is he tries to say, you know, I want you to stay away from church because if, oh, if I keep going to church, they're going to judge me because I messed up last week. If I go to church, they're going to look down upon me because I've done this or I've done that. What he tries to do is he tries to isolate you and keep you off to the side. Listen, whenever something's going on in your life, you need to run to God, not away from God. When something's going on in your life, you need to run to church. You don't need to run away from church. And listen, are we a bunch of perfect people in here? I am, but I didn't hear an amen anyway. But we're not perfect people. And we're just real people trying to serve a real Jesus and trying to go through this thing called life together. Yeah. So the valley is going to lie to you. It, uh, my lovely wife said this, if the enemy isolates you, he will dominate you. Wow. Anytime he gets to you, you ever, you ever been alone? An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Y'all ever hear that? First thing I first thing, heard that, that was not good. Anyway, <laughs> you ever notice when you're alone, what happens with your mind and your thoughts? Man, they start spinning around. You start thinking about stuff. You're like, my God, I ain't thought about that in years. What the heck's going on? But that's what he does. He tries to pull you into his place to get you to think the way he wants you to think. you got to understand, you may not feel the presence of God. and That's okay because we don't live by our feelings. We live by faith. If you live by your feelings, you won't do anything. If you live by your feelings, tomorrow's Monday and you don't feel like going to work. Right? Amen. Y'all better go to work tomorrow. Probably some bosses in there. They better be at work tomorrow. But we can't live by our feelings. We live by faith. And another thing you do in the valley is you step into the valley. You step into the unknown. God, I wrote these quotes down. These are really good. You don't achieve great faith until you give him small faith. You're never going to get the big stuff. You're never going to get the big faith that you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for the grandiose thing. And God said, no, I can't even trust you with the little bit I gave you. So if you're looking for those things, you don't achieve great faith until you give him your small faith. And you don't have awesome faith until you give him your broken faith. You're not going to have anything of substance until you give it over to God. And you have to give God, learn how to give God you're not enough. Because let me just tell you, in yourself, I'm not going to try to depress you or anything, but in, in yourself, you're not enough. But with him, you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. When you learn how to take what God has given you and you learn how to give and say, God, I'm, I'm, breaking the, I'm bringing this brokenness to you and I need you to fix it because I've tried. I've, I've tried my whole life trying to fix this, God, but I know you can do it. God allows valleys to come, sometimes to get you to depend on him. Why, Richard, does it take something bad going on in our life before we call to God? Why does it take a valley? Why does it take something catastrophic to happen before we're going to actually reach out to the Father and say, why could we not serve him on the mountaintop? What could he do if we were to praise him when things are going well in our lives instead of chaos and depression? Listen to this. Fruit grows in the valley, not on the mountain. God is doing something in your life. There is fruit being produced in you right now, and you may be in the valley right now. There's times when he has to plant something, then he has to prune it, then he has to cut it. But I'm telling you what he's trying to do. He's trying to multiply what he's doing in your life. But the place he's doing it in may be in the valley. It's not on top of the mountain. Another thing you can't do in the valley is you can't talk about the valley. Anybody like to have a pity party? I said that a few weeks ago. Who's invited to a pity party? Usually you, but then you invite six more of your closest friends, and all of a sudden everybody's depressed together. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? We're just all having a good old time being depressed because we have pulled in. Sometimes you just have to talk to your valley, and you got to say it until you believe it. You have to be able to say it until you see it. A lot of times in our lives, we got to start speaking. The Bible says to speak those things that are not, speak them as they are. Sometimes you have to be able to talk to that thing. You can't see your son or daughter saved right now, but you got to say in, in belief and in faith, I am looking to see my mountain is going to fall. We have talked too long about the mountain in our lives. We talked too long about the negativity and the bad things in our lives. And God says, I want you to start speaking life into whatever you're going through. Faith requires a backbone not a wishbone. I stole that one, it was good. It it, it requires a backbone, not a wishbone. It requires us to take action and to do the things and not, oh I wish uh, one of these days I'm gonna have a cat. No, God says you are more than conquerors right here on earth. We don't have to wait for heaven one day, we are the church. Another thing you need to do in the valley is you gotta keep on walking. If you're going through hell, keep on... You know the country song, you got to keep on walking. I ain't singing it, so be quiet. I ain't doing it. But you got to keep walking. A lot of times what we do is we... You walk through the valleys, you don't camp out of them. He says, Psalms 23 says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley. It doesn't say I'm staying there. I'm not camping out. I'm not setting my tent pegs down there. I'm not making sure that I'm making something permanent in there. I'm just walking through this valley because there is something on the other side of the valley that God is trying to show you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So many times we camp out in our misery. So many times we camp out in our pain. So many times we camp out in our past, and God is like, man, I want you to take that tent up, and I don't even want you to put it down anymore. Sometimes you just gotta keep walking. Even if it's slow progress, keep walking. Sometimes a small step is better than no step. Sometimes a small step forward is better than backwards, right? So even if you're making some progress, keep going forward. Where you are today does not determine where you're going. The devil will tell you, you are here and you'll never get there. But I'm telling you one thing right now. If you're here and you allow God to take you there, it'll, it'll do things that you've never thought he could do in your life. Don't let where you've been. We so lost so many times we're in our past and, and we think, oh man, I'll never be able to achieve that or I'll never be able to do that because we stopped there and we've camped out there. But what God is saying is if you look at what you've done yesterday, I'll never, you'll never get to tomorrow. But God says, don't camp out, keep walking. Let's read verse 2. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. This is the bones. Imagine a valley with millions of bones in it. And behold, there was very many in an open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. Well, here's Bob. Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob's saying hey. This is Bob. We pass Bob every day. We walk by Bob every day, wow. we work with Bob, wow. we, uh, we go to school with Bob, we sitting by him in, in all areas of our life, we are with Bob. And a lot of times, you, what you see is the walking dead, but they look alive on the outside. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got the walking dead um, episode 6,000, season 47, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have you, Anybody ever watched all of the walking deads? If you did, I'm gonna pray for you guys. <laughs> uh, I, sister, I'll pray for you after church, you know. My God, there's 300 million episodes of it, you know. I, I tried to watch four or five of them. Once you cut one zombie's head off, I'm just like, I got it, I'm good, I'm good. But this is Bob. And Bob, we walk by him every day. And verse three, he said to them, Son of man, and God is talking to us in this particular one, right? He's trying to say, Can these bones live? So I answered to him and said, Oh, Lord, you know. But God wants to do this. He wants to give us, he wants to provoke in us and stir in us action. He wants our to stir up in us the visions and the dreams and the passions that we had. God is asking you this morning, can these bones live? He's not only asking it for you personally, but he's asking it for your family. He's asking it for your co-workers. He's asking it for the world that we live in. Can these bones live? And listen, We need to inject hope and expectation into this world because things can't change. You get what you expect if you always. If you always, I'm trying to help. Squirrel. If you always help me, help a brother preach here. I mean, you you do the same thing and you expect something different. That's that's insanity, right? So. If you start expecting God to do more in your life, then he's going to do more. Yeah. But if you're always trying to get to the place where well, I'm kind of comfortable in my faith and, and I feel like I'm doing... God's never going to take you to the place you need to go to. God says, I'm, I, he said, I can do something with an expectant person. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that one. Verse 4. And again, he said to me, I love this. Sometimes God's got to say something twice. Y'all, y'all got, any, got any kids you got to say something maybe two to three times for? Mindy's like, yeah, my husband. Um, (laughs) But I mean, you know, again, it says, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the God. He said, preach to these bones. How many of us would go, say what? What kind of audience is that? There's nobody to clap for you. There's nobody to say that you're funny, even if you're not. Y'all can laugh anytime. But... Sometimes God is expecting us to take a, a leap out of, of who we are. And sometimes he said, here, you're in a location. You're not on stage. You're not, you don't have all the lights on you. You don't have all this. You're in a valley right now and not a good audience. And it looked impossible. But God is looking for available people, not always the talented people. He's looking for someone that will just step outside of who they are. And maybe you don't know how to hold a mic right or you don't have all the schooling. But God says, if you'll give me your enough... You're not enough. I'll make it more than enough. God gave you breath. How can you not tell? And you say, well, I'm just a private person. Don't go to a football game because you're a act of fool right? We, we raise our hands in church, but we can go to a football game and it's just craziness, right? Uh, we're just screaming and hollering. But if we have any ask us to raise our hands in church, sometimes we just don't want to do that. Maybe you feel like you're talking to the dead. Maybe when, every time you look at your friends and your families and your coworkers and you think, man, nobody is really listening to me. Let me just encourage you, keep speaking life anyway, because somebody is listening. Whether or not you feel like anybody is listening to you, around you, there is always someone listening to what you have to say. When you plant a seed, we have planted some seeds back in Mount Washington about eight years ago. They all haven't, they haven't started sprouting yet, but there's a few that are coming up out of the ground right now. We've got to start speaking to those things and say, someone is listening. Those kids years ago listened to us. You've got to live your life out loud. Let's look at verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Look what happens when we go and when we speak and we believe, verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. The audience wasn't very captive. It wasn't on social media. He just had to speak to a, a, a valley of dry bones. But he did as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly rattling of the bones came together bone to bone indeed as i looked the sinews and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them all but there was no breath in them can i just tell you they didn't get dry overnight this didn't just happen overnight this was years of neglect this was years of, of, of being out in the elements and having those things around you these are years of exposure to the things that are not, not under your protection. You don't get dry overnight. This took years. But the process to get started, it doesn't happen all at once. Sometimes you've got to work to put a little meat on your bones. Can I get a witness? There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of flat abs under here. But sometimes you've got to work to get... You've got to work to put a little bit of meat on your bones. I'm going to make this practical for you. Prayer can't be occasional. Prayer can't be optional. If you call yourself a Christian, and I'm just not trying to be hard this morning, but I'm telling you, you can't go to God occasionally. You can't go to God whenever all hell's breaking loose in your life and and all the bad things are happening. And God, I need your help. But when things are going well in your life, then we just don't, we, we forget all about God most of the time and it's not an option, and it's not occasional, it's not like a monster or a Red Bull you wanna just suck down and all of a sudden you got all the energy in the world. That's not what, that's not what prayer does. Prayer is like a protein shake. And my wife, you know what she wants for Christmas? She wants one of those blenders called a Ninja. And I said, why do you want a Ninja, you got me. But I'm about to buy her a ninja and, you know, anyway. But we want a quick fix. But it's one of those things that if prayer became your protein, man, what could we change? What what muscles would you build? I'm not talking about these. I'm talking about what muscles spiritually would would you do if prayer became all of a part of what you're doing? The Word... is is important. And you say, I feel so empty inside. I feel so empty inside. Too many Christians for too long look like this right here. They look like Bob. Too many of us walking around, we're dried up and we're dead. And we've covered it up with our good works. We feel if we could give to charity and if we could do all the things and that the church says that you should do or God says We can cover it up with a bunch of good works. In Revelation, God says, hey, listen, I've seen your works. Not all of them are good. We try to hide it. We try to put a mask over it. We try to put a pretty smile behind it. And then we try to make ourselves feel better by a new car, bigger house, better job. But at the end of the day, when it's all covered and there's a smile on your face or anything, but we're still Down underneath, we're still that. And we're wondering, why am I so empty? Why do I feel like I'm just not in the place where I need to be? It's because we fill ourselves with the wrong things. Jesus encountered a woman at the well, and he said to her, after he encountered her, he said this. He said, you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You had five husbands, And the guy you're with right now is just your boo. I said that right. That's pretty good. But you're looking for something to fill you up in the wrong places. She chose bad relationships, husbands. and She she chose dependence on people. Sometimes right now we, we are so worried about what everybody thinks about us that we die inside because we're trying to make them see something that we're, down underneath. Jesus wanted to fill this thirsty woman up with something. Y'all, anybody thirsty in here? Years ago, I guess that was a good, good thing. Boy, well, she's thirsty, man. Look at all them, look at all them selfies and all that stuff. And, but he was trying to fill this thirsty woman up with something that she'd never have to go back to again. She said, you're thirsting for the bad thing. And God is saying, listen, you're not going to find it in a relationship. You're not going to find it in things. You're not going to find it in, in all of everything that the world tells you you're going to find it in. You're going to find it. He said, I'm about to give you a drink of something that you'll never have to come back to this well for again. He said, I want you to drink something to where you're not thirsty next week or tomorrow or the next day. I want you to drink something that's going to last in you. And that's what God is doing right now. But why is the word important? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That ought to make you read the Bible right there. God wrote it. It said, and it is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction. Oh, well, we better stop right there. For instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need to be complete because we have a world out there that is looking for someone who's not a quarter of the way filled up, who's not halfway filled up. They're looking for someone who's so full of the Spirit of God that when you walk into a room, you change the room. We need to be not a whole army. We need to be a whole army. That's what God has done. That's what he's going to do in this thing right here. He's going to take the old And he's going to make it new when they come up out of this water. He wants a whole army. But you got to start somewhere. Everybody get your phone out. You got a phone? I'm about to to educate you on something. There is an app on this phone called the Bible app. But I don't have time to read the Bible. Me and Tyler were having lunch the other day. And there's a... Thing on your on your phone that tells you how long you've been on your phone for a certain period of time. That day it was four o'clock. I don't think it, it was almost a whole day. I had been on my phone for an hour and 57 minutes. And he said, Is that all? Come on, some of y'all you know what you're talking about. Have you have you seen it? It consumes your time. But Pastor, I, I really don't have time to pray. Pastor, I really don't have time to read my Bible. Pastor, I I, I don't know why I'm not growing, but I don't have time. The average time people spend on their phone daily is anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day. And you don't have time to give God five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 minutes. We wonder why we're not going anywhere. It's because God says, I need you to take you somewhere else, but you're too distracted. Start somewhere. The Bible app, devotion. Read a verse instead of a chapter. Come on, people tell you, well, I I read 19 chapters in the book of Psalms and I'm like, well, praise God for you. Because you know what the Bible does. When you start reading the Bible, you get tired, you get sleepy. You know, I say you start with a few verses at a time and let that that just mold into your heart. Let it be who you become. And praise and worship music. Sometimes you got to change your atmosphere of what you are listening to. Because sometimes what you listen to becomes you. Have you ever had a song? Oh, help me, Jesus. If you ever had a song lyric in your mind, and then you start singing the song, you're like, oh my God, maybe I should not be singing that song. I won't even tell you a song that, never mind. But it's not about us. When you come in here, when you raise your hands, when they're up here leading us in worship, it's not about whether you like the song or not. It's about worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of Lord Jesus Christ, who transformed your life. You can't say, I'm not going to church. I want to see the song list before I go to church because if they play that song, I'm definitely not going to get there until 1045. Come on. There's people that do that stuff. But it's not about you. It's not the surroundings. Prayer, word, and praise are God's protein shake. And they're the ones that can build you up. How much time do we give God? I'm just leaving you with that. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. When God breathes, a bunch of dead, dried up bones form an army. An army of misfits and ordinary and rejected, and that's why we started this church. We wanted this church to be for people like us. People that don't have it all together who don't act like they have it all together. But what he wants, the world says to this generation and the world says to the church, rest in peace. But I got news for you. God says rise in power. He's calling us. They've they've buried us. They say it's no longer relevant in the world today. Young, they're teaching young people that the church is not even relevant anymore, but God says, no, I'm about to burst something out of these dried up dead places, and I'm about to take you to a place you've not seen before. Rise and power. God, will you breathe on us? We need your breath. Then he said to me, verse 11, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And they indeed say, our bones are very dry, Our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God Behold, my people, I will open your graves, and I will cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Listen to me this morning the graves are opening. Dead things are coming back to life. Your dreams that you thought were dead are coming back to life. Your hope that you thought you had no more hope, it's coming back to life, baby. The future that you didn't think you had, God says, I'm about to bring it back to life. There are some things, though, that God doesn't want you to pick up a shovel anymore and dig it up. He's bringing some things back to life. There's also some things that need to stay dead. There's so many times in our life we, we, we grab the shovel of regret. We grab the shovel of hopelessness. We grab the shovel of depression and we start digging this stuff up. And God said, I already put a covering over that. I've already taken care of that. Why do you gotta keep bringing it back up? God says, let's leave it buried and don't dig it back up. I like this, verse 14. And I will put my spirit in you and you shall live prophesying that over you right now. There's somebody who needs to hear that. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Somebody received that this morning. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Those things that you thought were dead are coming back to life this morning. The answer to the dryness and the emptiness is his Holy Spirit, allowing him to come in and make you and mold you and, 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 Take you through the process of the pain. Take you through the process of the valley. Take you through the process of the mountaintop to get you to the place where he wants you to be. The answer to him is being with him all the time. Let's all stand if you would, please. I'm going to release those that are being baptized in the second service. God's people... The church needs a revival. And I'm not talking about a banner that you put out by the road and say October 7th through the 14th, guest speaker, guest singer. I'm talking about a revival of each and every one of our hearts. Can we use a revival with guest speakers? Absolutely. But God says it starts with you and you and you and you. I want to do a revival and I want to waken up. You know why? Because God needs an alive breathing, moving church to influence the world. He doesn't need a bunch of dead people walking around feeling like this. Listen, this is what the world looks like. We ought to be clothed. The Bible says we're clothed in righteousness. We're covered. We don't have to look like that. We don't have to feel like that inside. Can these bones live? That's for you and that's for us to figure it out. This morning, if you're feeling empty inside, maybe you're just feeling kind of just dead inside, I want to let you know that God is breathing life today. There is about to be some people that are going to go down in this trough of water. And what it symbolizes is when they go down one way, they're coming up another way. What it symbolizes is the old person has went down and they're buried in Christ and they're coming up a new creation. There is hope in God. There are new things coming back to life. and Maybe it feels dead and, and and it looks and feels dead, but God says there's life in it. Maybe there's chaos in your life, but God says, I'm about to bring peace that you've never had before. Maybe there's sadness. He said, I'm about to change your sadness into gladness and I'm about to take your broken. Your broken, messed up, not enough life and I'm about to make it beautiful if you'll allow me to do that this morning as they get ready to sing this song we'll have the prayer team up here on the left and to the right maybe you just feel a little maybe you're just feeling away this morning maybe you're feeling dead inside maybe you're feeling empty maybe you feel like that you've missed something I got oh I just heard that you haven't missed it oh come on Holy Spirit you haven't missed it it didn't pass you by I just heard God tell me somebody in this room it didn't pass you by get back in the process it didn't pass you by you're you're there we hope you enjoyed this message on the my big church podcast we thank everyone who has given to support this ministry to find out more about how to support financially or more about big church you may visit our website mybigchurch.com if you live in the louisville kentucky area and don't have a church home we would love to have you as our guest at big church we are located at 7209 Faginbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.